Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo and I'm joined by my brother Tiago. Greetings. And today we have a very special episode because it's book review and it's from uh, the guy who wrote the book. It's one, it's Jocko Willink and both me and my brother, we follow him. We follow him for quite a while now. It's two guys, by the way, just Jocko Willink and Leif Batlin. Yeah, it's a co-authored book. Oh my God, I left him out. Failure. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, but both of us have followed Jocko for, yeah. I'd say a long time now, one year, maybe more. And no, it was very not. interesting to see all the concepts he talks about and that you only hear like bits here and there, like the long version of it and really to go deep into the content. But yeah. without further ado, you know what? I'll let you kick this one off because you're the more I'm prepared one. You have the notes. I'm going to kick it off. So go ahead. What, what is the name of the book? Uh, so yeah, we're analyzing, we're reviewing uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Bablin which uh, they are two Navy SEALs, former Navy SEALs, and this is basically them um, teaching leadership, leadership um, principles to, the, to their vision of, of like combat, yeah. combat leaders. So and the, the, it's them basically applying that to the business world because they, they came back from, from war and from being Navy SEALs and now they, they run a company, both of, both of them, which is basically giving uh, leadership uh, like instruction and help workshops to uh, businesses and so yeah basically the book is it's it's him uh, it's both of them teaching the, their the principles that they found most useful so to yeah get off and i uh, think uh, i'd like just, to start with uh, yeah go, go just before it. we get into it uh for me one of the things that really you know made the points that they talk about kind of valid and made you really understand is that they describe all these you know leadership um, what do you say, like skills and things you should apply, but because they applied it in the most harsh environment possible, which was war. And when they, you know, when they put this to practice, there were lives at risk. So when you see him talk about, you know, uh, for example, prioritize and execute, which we're going to get into. He's not saying this because he, he watched the YouTube video and, you know, <laughs> yeah. he decided to try. No, it's because he was in a, a war situation. Maybe things were not working out, so they had to change. And then by changing, there were potentially more lives at risk by changing, but that, you know, implement all these things. So, yeah, yeah no, definitely it's valid. And literally in the book, it gives several examples of each uh, principle that they talk about. So basically, even in that one, like the example he gives on, on, on that one, it, it was literally a life or death decision. Almost all of them are. And that's yeah. where that's like it's not just two guys talking about a book like we are. It's it's two guys that live through it and. They tried yeah. it out on the, the most extreme conditions known to mankind probably right now. So that's how you know it, it's the real deal. Yeah, so absolutely. getting into it, we're going to start with chapter one for me, one of the best, uh, which is called Extreme Ownership, like the book. And basically, this I think it's the, the number one uh, rule for, for both of them, I, I believe, in leadership, which is basically assuming ownership of everything that happens inside your your team, your mission, or in this case, your personal life. I'm going to relate it always to your personal life because yeah. I, the book in itself is about leader, leadership, but I believe leader, leading yourself is also something important. So in, in whatever happens in your life, I feel like w what this chapter is talking about is you will always be better off if you assume responsibility for it. Yeah, absolutely. There are some situations where you can definitely make excuses and they're valid. You can say like, if someone, <laughs> Mark Manson talks about this, like if someone drops a baby at your doorstep 
it wasn't your fault. Like someone did that, but it, now it's your responsibility. Absolutely. Like, how you deal with the, the situation the baby, yeah, how you is always going to be your responsibility. Uh -huh. Like the baby at your doorstep is now your responsibility, whether or not it's your fault that it got there. It doesn't matter. You now have to deal with it. And it will be the, a this will happen throughout life. Lots of things won't be your fault, but it will still be upon you to, to deal with them, which in, in, and in this in this case, Joko, uh, I, yeah, this chapter was started by Joko. So he even talks about like the a time when when there was some a friendly fire issue. So one of his own teammates killed another teammate, and I, in that situation, he talks about it. It was very easy for him to just like say, "Oh man, it was that guy's fault. He should have checked the procedures. He should have known the rules, whatever." But he didn't do that. He, he actually said, I'm the leader, I was supposed to educate him better, and I didn't, so he, this horrible mistake happened, and now I have to take full ownership of it. And that's an extreme, like, uh, extreme scenario. Most of us won't ever have to admit something yeah. that horrible, but if we, get, we, if we have that attitude to, to the small problems in life, I think we'd be better off. Yeah, and the other thing that it does to you, it's, it gives you power. Because when you're saying that someone else is at fault for what happened, then you're taking power away from yourself, from what you can do to, you know, even fix the situation. For, and there are examples he gives where you're reading and you're like, at least for me, the first instinct I have was like, oh my God, that's not his fault. It can't be. Okay. But, but by taking that attitude, it won't help, you know, no one. It won't help the other person because if you say that to them, they'll get yeah, defensive. We'll get defensive. And then it's like no one wins anything. He gets defensive, you get defensive. Egos clash, nothing gets done. But if you change and you're like, okay, I am the leader. Even if I'm not the leader of the team, I'm the leader of myself, let's say. Yeah. And if you assume the mistakes from yourself and from your team, then number one, you're going to give more power to yourself. You're going to be more proactive. Like your brain is just going to change the way it thinks. Because when a mistake happens, you're not going to be thinking, oh my God, who the fuck did that? You're going to be like, okay, how do we fix this? How do we change the situation? And for me, like this was a, a big one because I, I read, you know, first chapter and it really got into my brain and I, I started changing situations where I'd be like, oh my God, why is this happening? Now I was just like, okay, this happened. How do you change it? Yeah. And then like, yeah. The, the, yeah. And the other thing as well is that if you assume that people around you will see you do that and they will do the same thing or they'll be more That's the most geared thing, towards actually. the same. Because when people, when you start blaming, other people are going to blame each other especially if you're the leader because you know you're setting the example but you know like Joko did if you're the leader and your example is I assume responsibility how can we fix this then all the other guys are also gonna be like okay I also assume responsibility how are we gonna fix this and then and yeah no egos clash it seems kind of counterintuitive uh, to think about it like if you assume fault for everything you just like the our normal way of thinking would just be like okay so if I take blame of something, people just keep on blaming me. I'll just be the black sheep of, of everything. But that's not actually what happens. When you when you assume responsibility, like people won't like won't just keep on putting things upon you. And if they yeah. do, it's it's fine because you can take it. But even then, people like if you if you say okay, this happened because of me, I I, I did it bad. I'll fix it. Like people won't be like yeah, that's right. You suck. Fix it. No, <laughs> yeah. they'll they'll yeah. respect you. They're like okay, then. He, this guy realizes the mistake he made and now he's fixing it. That earns respect from, from other people. And then most likely they will be like, okay, maybe, maybe it wasn't all that fault. Maybe I had something to do with it because they're not defensive like you said previously. 
they they now yeah, have exactly. the, that mental space to like they're not on the, that reactive emotional thing space that most people will enter if you call them on their bullshit. Yeah, because when a mistake happens, you know, most people are always trying to, you know, like human beings, it's very simple. You're either chasing pleasure or avoiding bad sensations. And the being blamed on and taking fault is... is yeah, it's the worst. Yeah, you, you, wanna, you will want to run away from that. So as a leader, Especially. if you give people permission to, it's not your fault. It's okay. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, they can breathe. And then now people, you know, all of us can think on how to solve the problem. And this is especially is relevant, I'd say, in the leadership position because this will be more relevant when, like, when, when it's in a, inside a mission conte context or a, a tribe context. Like, people will be even more afraid to fail because, like, if you if you go like by a, a biological approach, we would never want to uh, disappoint the tribe. It would be the yeah. most surefire way to die. So we'll even deny it more in in that that context because it's it your brain perceives it as dangerous, but. Yep. It's it, and it may seem like an harsh outlook on life, like to take responsibility for everything. But I believe, especially in a leadership position, if you are the leader of, of a mission, of a, a business, a company, whatever you're, 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 if you are leading something, I think it's absolutely necessary that, that you, like there's a quote in the book, I'll read it, that the leader must own everything in his or her world. And in this case, the world refers to the, the thing you are leading. If, if it's your business, uh, hobby, whatever it may be, it's, it's very important because that's what allows the, the mission itself to grow or the business or whatever you want to call it. It's what, what allows the mentality necessary for growth and it's what will allow people to, like, like we, we said, to, to really recognize the mistakes they made. And so it's kind of a harsh outlook on it, but it's, I think it's something necessary like to own yeah, your failures but to best, share your wins. It's the best... You know, it requires you to put your ego aside and, you know, yeah. you're not, you're not, it requires you yeah, to put kind of that hero moment aside and that you're going to be yeah, because you have to like with everyone. You have to, when you fail, like you have to take it all on you. And when you win, you have to share it with everyone. Yeah, but, a, but I feel like it's the, the healthiest and best way to move forward in life and whatever it is that you do. Even if yeah, you're, I don't know, let's say you're in high school, you're studying. For example, it's very common for people to blame their teachers. Like, oh my God, this sucks. That's why I'm failing. What if you changed? You're like, okay, he's, I don't like him, but I still owe it to myself to have a good grade. So it's my fault now. So how, despite yeah. this, am I going to succeed? Yeah. Well, there you, you go. Always there you go. gives you more power. Yeah, because, That's it. and also when you change, you're going to want to relate to people who are like you. And if you're blaming, you're going to go be with the losers who are, you know, mm -hmm. Circle jerking, <laughs> just complaining everyone. Oh, yeah, man. My life sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, oh, my God. That the sucks. fucking government. <laughs> yeah, then you become one of those people who complain to the TV about the government because they don't have jobs. No. no. You take responsibility. You take the shittiest job that's available to you, and then you move from then on. Yeah, work up the chain. And talking about that's moving it. on, let's go to yeah. the next. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you want to talk about chapter two. I think it's kind of, we already discussed it kind of in, in this first chapter. So I, if, if, you're, if you're okay with it, I'll just go to chapter three. Yeah, for sure. So chapter three is about belief. The chapter itself is called Believe. And it's a, I think it's a, a very important one. And I, I just think the, the whole idea of it is very, I think it's englobed in this quote that I'll, I'll say now, which is by Nietzsche, which is, he who has a why can bear almost anyhow. And we, I think everyone has heard this quote at least once in, in their lives. But it's especially when you're like leading something on when you're being part of a mission. And not even then, like even in your life, 
you always have a purpose behind doing something and if you don't know that why that purpose why you are doing something it will always be more difficult to up, up, yep. uphold that that purpose or that mission if you don't know what why you're doing something in, in this case uh, applying it to to this specific book like in in combat missions if each member of the team doesn't know their why it's very difficult for them to improvise which is absolutely necessary in, in war because things will go wrong and so if you don't know the, the why you are doing something and if you don't understand your job you won't be able to improvise and to innovate when it, when it is necessary yeah absolutely and you know talking about the, even if we go i know he talks about this deeper in a further chapter but yeah like the why of even why you're doing what it is that you're doing to more of a quote-unquote spiritual level like why it is that you want to do that for example going to the gym why is it that you want to go there because if you don't know that yeah then it's like you said it's very easy to just i'm not going to go anymore whatever i don't give a shit but if your why is oh i'm doing this because i want a, a better body because by having a, bo a better body i'm going to be able to you know for example be there for my children longer because i'm not going to die as as young for example mm -hmm. and yeah. actually i have a, a good exercise for this because you know it's very easy to oh just find your why but how do you do it and for me a very good exercise that i got from Dean Graziosi is, uh, and I think he got it from Tony Robbins, is you start, for example, let's say, why do you want to go to the gym? And then you write why you want to go to the gym. And then you ask a why to that. So, for example, why do you want to go to the gym? Oh, because I want to lose weight. Then why do you want to lose weight? And you do that seven times. And, you know, pretty much all the time, when you reach the seven, you're going to be like struggling because you're going to be circling, circling. And then you're going to reach the, the one that's actually true to why you want to do this and then once you figure that out it's much easier because it's probably going to be a deeper reason maybe i don't know you want to make your parents proud or whatever yeah most times it's like something you don't even yeah uh, exactly recognize like consciously it's something yeah so deeply yeah deep and he, he gives you. a funny example of not funny but he gives a good example of this which is he, he used to do this at seminars and so a guy comes up to the stage and he, he does the exercise and it was about why do you want your businesses to succeed and the guy know pretty normal things the first one two three four five six and then the 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 seventh one he says like the guy just breaks down crying and he says because i want to make uh, my mom who's in heaven proud of me boom mm -hmm. and then like when you figure those motives out then it's you can always go back to that in the shitty days when it's like uh -huh. you slept five hours you're like oh, i don't want to do this but you have your why so yeah that's what, yeah that's when it comes into place like when you when you know that, that why, when, and when it's like a powerful why, yeah. like that one, like making your mother wish dead proud, like even in the worst of times, if that comes into your mind, it, it will be very difficult to, to ignore that thought because yeah, exactly. it just carries so much power with it and it's just hearing it carries power with it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think the, yeah, that's, that's all I want to say to this chapter, if you want to. No, I'm good. I'm Gucci. Keep, keep moving on it. So, chapter four is check the ego. And it's about the importance of keeping the, your ego in check and being able to recognize your own limitations and your own failures. Which, so I, I think it's always important to to reference the context in which they write this, which is in war. Yeah. So in war, <laughs> oh, yeah. not checking your ego, ego will get people killed. Can get you killed, and most importantly for these guys, can get their teams killed. Yep. Which is the last thing they ever want. And so it, even in in. It's like it's so powerful this book. Just 
recognizing the context in, in which they talk about these these things. Like we we talk about ego in our daily life, and we're just like, yeah, it's it's kind of bad if you if you if you if you if you have too much ego, people you're gonna push people away. Uh, you won't be able to to do as many things. But in this case, it's like literally life or death. Yep. It's, it's a matter of, of of life or death, and they even. I think it's in this chapter the, the example is extremely powerful because I, I think it was like in a context where they have a, one of their teams from the Navy SEALs in, in a building and the guy has like to, to take to give a shot to, to take to give an, an order to the to the other commander who's operating some missiles to take out a, a, some enemies that are in a, another building and they have like a, a confirmation on that the enemies are on a particular building and but the guy just has like an intuition is like no, nah, I don't think it's it's in this specific building. We we, we should double check. And the other guy's like, "No, nah, man, we can. We have to take the shot." And it's yeah. like, "No, no, I I don't feel secure with it. I just yeah. I have to check it." So they go to check it, and it turns out the building they thought where the bad guys were was where the the good guys actually were. So it's like, if that guy wasn't like able to say, maybe I made a mistake, and maybe yeah. I did bad, literally, these buddies could have gotten killed. And that's where it's so powerful hearing this yeah exactly and you you hear this like throughout the book and yeah like in that situation you have to risk like you're risking being wrong you know maybe they're really enemies and then you miss your shot and then yeah. that's a a, a a crucial shot to defeat the enemy that you're not gonna have again but like once again putting your ego aside and you know bringing this back to our not so dangerous lives and much pettier <laughs> shit that we have yeah. to deal with it's it can be as simple as for example somebody let's say cuts you off in traffic it's kind of you letting go of that your ego and not being pissed off at that the whole day you're like who the fuck does he think he is does he know why i'm cutting me off because no, <laughs> you know it's not going to benefit anyone and it's very interesting because all of these kind of you know connect to each other like this connects to extreme ownership it's kind of it's very related one another because being extreme an extreme owner of everything you do it's kind of putting your ego aside it's kind of mm -hmm. not taking the public victory for yourself taking all the failure to yourself it's kind of the same thing here and they also talk about this um towards the end of the book where it's kind of a similar situation with a it's a sniper it's actually uh, the american sniper if you ever seen the movie yeah, chris, kyle. chris kyle exactly where he kind of sees the shadow of a man and like a rifle on his back uh, through a window and he's like i can't confirm but i think it's an enemy and so then the the guy who's managing i think it was leaf he, yeah, he goes and he's like he goes checking he's like we're not sure so and there's a lot of you know other troops around and they want to keep moving forward but they can't without knowing who's in there uh -huh. so like he's like i he can't take the shot i'm sorry can your team go there he says to the other you know general can your team go there knowing that his team he, asking him that is asking to risk his team going there, but he's not sure, so he can't shoot. And then, you know, things develop and they found out it was a friendly troop. They were aiming at the wrong building. They were thought they were aiming. And it's like yeah. those situations where you see they're in high pressure situations, they're the leaders, they're going to take all the blame. If, you know, if the shot is wrong, they're killing one of the, their own, they take the blame. If it was an enemy and they miss and that enemy kills another of their teams, they take the blame for that. And mm -hmm. so, you just that's why you need to read the book because we can talk about this but when you read and you see them describe these scenarios you're like Fuck, yeah that's 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 a powerful concept and knowing like when you take the concept to the most extreme 
that it can go, you realize like how valid it is. That's what I, yeah. what I really took from this book is how, when you see these things in the, probably the most extreme they can get, that's when they, they you know, tested against fire and you see, oh yeah, this works. This is true. Yeah. If you're ever unsure, if, like these concepts are ever like, if, if actually taking responsibility, it's, if, if it's actually something good, if you're unsure about it, I think this settles it all in these scenarios where, where it's literally life or death. Like in, your, in our own life, it's important because we're always trying to improve as, as people. But in, in this case, it's literally life, life or death. Yep. And it, it matters and it's, tested, it's been tested and it, it works. Like if you, if you assume responsibility, not only will you, well, it's, is it better for progress and improving, but like if you're assuming responsibility, you'll think twice about things. Like in this case, if if, yep. if Leif was just like, ah, it's not really my fault, maybe we would have been like, yeah, you can take a shot because it, it wouldn't have been like his problem. But no, he, he took it serious. Like it, everything that happened was his fault and it, it, it would have been led back to him. So he, he made it very important to himself that he was right and that he got, got things right. And that's how, how they were so effective as a, as a Navy SEAL team. I, I believe yeah. we haven't talked about this yet, that they were like, the most deadly platoon in, yep. in the history of Navy SEALs. And they were, like, when they entered, this was the Afghan-Iraqi war, I think. And, like, everyone thought that it was impossible to win this. Yep. It was just so far out. Everyone thought it was impossible, that they were crazy going there. And they just kept on pushing and pushing, and they eventually got it back to in a, into, a control, uh, into a situation under control. So Yeah, uh, be before we go on, I just want to say, like, how much respect, like, after reading this book, I have for, you yeah, know, obviously. for any person that, you know, goes into a military, like a war situation, knowing fully well they can die, just so, you know, other people can benefit from that. And it's easy to see on TV and be like, oh, you know, fuck wars, what are you doing? But like when you hear from these men who are actually there, you're like, you know, enormous respect. Yeah, and they talk about it like uh, later on in the book, which is actually important. Like most people don't get why this was necessary and so they're like yeah man the united states they're just like doing these things to steal oil from other countries and whatever but like if you hear it from these guys they don't give a shit about that yeah they're trying to make people safer and yep th that's why it's so, it's so frustrating also for them like to understand like the, the mass public won't understand it because they weren't there they didn't yeah. know the things that they went through and why they went through them they didn't know the, the population there because the reality was it, it was a fucked up country with with terrorists running it and yep. the population was terrified and that's it's it's really important for people to recognize that yeah and, we're and the, yeah we're sucks like no one wants yeah war. That, they don't yeah want that war. you know but kill, you need that men kill like a lot this. of people that to do all the things that no one wants to do just yeah. so then everyone can have what they want pretty much yeah, they did it and they came back and they still took shit from everyone, yeah exactly which is and then like for kind most, of frustrating you know you know jocko but then like leaf you don't i didn't really know and most of them you're not yeah. really gonna hear about ever you know so these are men that risked their lives yeah, did what they, they did what what was required and they take no public credit so it's you know yeah. and they don't want it even jocko you yeah. like jocko doesn't yeah. do it for public public credit he just does it and then people decide to follow him that's Whatever. And I feel like this is, it's the greatest example one can take for our own life, especially nowadays where you have so much, you know, or we're all, all looking for validation, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Everyone more than ever, because you have so, more, so much access to it, we're all looking for the public victories all the time. You see, oh, Instagram, uh, a vacation in Bali, ooh, love my life, <laughs> whatever. 
my company is great, hashtag Forex millionaire, whatever. Yeah. And then, but when you hear these people talk, you realize this is what I want to aim for, some version of this in my life and not, mm -hmm. you know, public victories where I'm, oh, I'm the greatest Instagram person, but then I'm a fuck face in real life, you know? Yeah, and they aren't trying, do you see that? Because like this examples, they aren't, you see that it's genuine and honest because they aren't even trying to, to teach you something or, or to lead you. Like most Instagram influencers you see, they're like, yeah. buy my course, I can, <laughs> yeah. I can teach you all the things yeah. that I know and whatever. Like these guys, they aren't selling, they don't, they don't even know about this, maybe. This just, they just did the things and now these two guys wrote a book and, yeah. but it's like, yeah, a book that the costs examples, 15 the people, dollars, you know, it's, yeah. And when they were there, they weren't thinking about, oh man, in, yeah. the, in the future, this is going to make such a great book. I'm going to teach so many people yeah. and it's going to be great. No, they just did it. And now they're sharing the knowledge, which, which is just awesome. So I think moving on to the next yeah, chapter. Go ahead. For me, it's chapter six, so called simple. And this is it. In this chapter, they talk about the importance of keeping things simple, especially in the context of battle. And I really like the explanation they gave on this one, which is basically that things will go wrong in your life, and especially mm -hmm. in, in combat situations. But even taking this back to always to our daily life, I feel that's slow. That's what I'm trying to do here. It's which is even if you plan something, if you have things planned out, things will go wrong. It's just how life goes. There will be mistakes and, and stuff. And when they do, complexity only compounds those problems and makes them worse to live with, yep. to to deal with. So if you have some a, a simple plan, something that's executable and that you have it on the back of your mind, even when things change, you 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 can push through that. To that period because you know what you have to do it was something simple it's in the back of your mind you understand it this is going back to belief and to the previous chapter but if it's something complex and you are you caught, you're caught in the middle of the storm you won't know what to do because it's too complex yeah. so keeping it simple will actually prevent you from, from from disaster yeah it's like that quote um a bad plan well executed is better than a, the best plan poorly executed and it comes down to that because Definitely. and even you see for example uh, it, they talk about in the book that the telephone game, if you have played as a kid, which is somebody starts saying a word, you know, and then you say to the next person, like uh, uh, very quietly to their ear, and then the word keeps going. And most of the times it reaches the end, it's a completely different word. Same concept applies here. The more complicated the word, quote unquote, or the plan you make it, the more distorted it's going to arrive, you know, at the, the latter person. So, yeah, like you said, simply, and it's hard to to simplify because the more you know about something and the more you get into something, the more tense you're going to have to complicate and to come up with more complicated plans, more detailed. So it's also, you know, uh, like you said, I think relating to the ego thing, it takes, you need to take your ego out of it. And because the ego wants to make it super complicated and beautiful, you want to map it out on a great PowerPoint. Oh, look how, how amazing yeah. this is. You want, Not you want some, it to look like yeah. something no one could do, only you. Sometimes it's just boiling it down to the basics. I feel like you see a lot of this in the online course world where it's like, oh, the secret, the complex plan. No, most of the time it's just simple steps done a lot of times during long periods of time. But no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear that. How do you get bigger in the gym? Oh, you just uh, slowly put more weight doing these four or five yeah. key exercises. It's simple. You know, it's, you simplify it. You're not like, yeah, then Monday, if Monday I eat fish, then I'm going to do this exercise. No, because that shit's just going <laughs> to blow right out of the fucking water. 
yeah. <laughs> and they even give an they even give an example um, with with like in a, the business world where a company had a plan and just when he's writing describing what the woman told him, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, like, like, so uh, the bonuses work if the product has a certain weight and then we put it through this form and you're like, no, because then people are not going to understand. And if yeah. the, you know, the front line doesn't understand, they're not going to give a shit about it. They're just going to do whatever. This, that's exactly why this is so powerful and in leadership positions, obviously, but even in your own life, I think it, it boils down to this. If you don't get something, if you don't understand it, and you can't keep it in the back of your mind regularly, you won't do it. Yep. I feel this, this is just, in my experience, whenever I try to complicate things and just make him a super thorough plan that I have to check, like a, I have to make a Word file and then keep on checking upon it, like I wouldn't do it. Just because I couldn't even remember yep. the, all of the things. It was too much. So, like, I, I did this when I was getting into it, like fitness and lifting weights. I was just like, I, yeah, like, all, all, like everyone, <laughs> I didn't want to believe that it was like just doing three exercises or four and slowly getting stronger at them. Which actually now, now I come to find out that it was basically that. But at the beginning, I was like, okay, so I have to do this, this routine on Monday, then thir- Tuesday I'll do this other thing and mix it out with this pre-workout shake and... Whatever, that bullshit maybe would have gotten me 5% better results. And I was like wasting all of my time on it. And what I ended up not doing it because just, first of all, I couldn't remind everything and I just felt too much pressure to, to execute. And take it back six months after, like I got results because I just simplified it down. I just picked the, an, a routine, a five by five on squats, deadlifts and bench press and just did that three times a week. And that's what actually worked. So. We don't want to believe simplicity because it's boring. Yep. Like you can't market simplicity that well. Like if you try to sell, if you're trying yeah. to sell something, it doesn't it doesn't help to say like, oh, it's very simple. It's something anyone can come up with in five minutes. People don't. People want yeah. to hear that like you're the only person that can do this and deliver this. That's what brings value to your product and whatever. But if you're a, a genuine person, you know that that's not true. You know that most things can be boiled down to simple principles that will give you eighty percent of the the results that you yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. It's the, that's what most it's people the need. Most principle. people don't need the most people don't need 100%. Like, if you're the normal guy going to the gym, trying to lose weight and put on muscle, you don't have to get everything right. You're not an athlete. You're not doing this for for a lot, for your life's purpose or, or your job. So, just boil down things to, to the, their simple principles, attach actions to that, and then when things eventually go wrong and we, when you're feeling tired or whatever, you can still do it because it's present in... in yeah, exactly. Life. And then you can slowly, you know, add things up. Uh, for example, the 80-20 rule, like you said, to 80% of your results, uh, rule of thumb, are going to come from 20% of your efforts or the things, 20% of things you're putting effort on. So in the gym, or fitness, quote-unquote, maybe 20% of that time is you actually doing those three or four exercises. And probably the, the rest is just like, it's like you researching about diet, you, you know, reading the new plan, you getting lost in all this fucking material. And it's, and the better you get, you know, then you will, you're going to want those extra 20%. But then it's all about you realizing that it's going to take a lot of effort. And are you willing to put in that effort or not? And then maybe like putting in a leadership position, maybe your team is not one, is not going to want that. And it's maybe even going to be counterproductive for you to, you know, put everything in place for them to give a hundred percent, if that's even possible. Yeah. Yeah, It's like in this, 
this chapter that gives the example of that lady with with a complicated formula. Yeah. But taking this back to the to the to the Navy SEALs, they have to make things simple because in war things are unpredictable. So things will happen that you weren't expecting them to happen. And so everyone needs to understand the plan yep. inside out. For when those things do happen, they're like, okay, this is the end goal. So what do we have to do to get to the end goal? Yep. And if everyone does that. The team works as a cohesive unit and you can move forward. If it's complex and no one understands shit, you just fall yeah, Especially because in their situation, everything happens in real time. It's not like, yeah, it's not yeah, like also. oh yeah, I got this email, let me think. No, no, it's like a bomb exploded, what we do now. Like, you, you have you, a yeah, yeah, exactly. You have fractions of seconds to, or maybe you have five seconds, a few seconds to decide what we're going to do now. Like it gives and that's actually yeah, a, a great lead up to the next chapter. Uh, just before we go, uh, it gives a great example about this too, where they're trapped in a building and they spot a bomb outside through the only exit. So he's like, okay, that's our exit. Then we can jump through the window, but maybe we're probably going to break our legs. So you have a decision to make. And he says, okay, pick up a hammer, break the, the fucking wall. Boom. Yeah. But it could be like, mm, let me think, mm, but maybe, no, you have to quick. One, yeah. one didn't work, two didn't work, three, boom. Is it the ideal solution? Maybe not, but it's it's a solution, and you're not trapped yeah, into your mind of like, oh, let's yeah, just solution wait. will always be better than no, waiting no it solution. out. Yeah, and that's actually the, the the example I wanted to give to the next chapter, Go ahead. which is prioritize and execute, which is actually the the example used in that that scenario. Uh, I mean, I believe no, it was another scenario. It was like he was turning a corner with uh, oh, yeah. one of his yeah. teammates, and there was like he, he saw a shadow of, a, of two guys with with machine guns. And he had like a, it was a scout mission, so we had like a, a millisecond to decide, okay, I have to shoot these guys because if, if they get past this, they will, they, will get, they will get past me, they will find my team and they will shoot them down. So he, in that decision, in that split second, he had, to like, he had to prioritize the things that were more important, which maybe, okay, so the priority of the mission was to be stealthy. They had to be stealthy to execute the mission. But if they're dead, they cannot execute the mission. Yep. So that the being alive surpasses the stealth one so he has to kill the bad guys so his team doesn't die okay it's no longer a stealth mission because he made noise but guess what they're not dead so they can still go on moving and this is so i this for me was the most important chapter i believe next to the first one the extreme ownership because we all fall into this trap of overcomplicating things and then just like we we'd rather stay in this mist of confusion and not do anything, then just do the, the most important thing and then maybe leave the, the, the non-important things yeah. for another day. And this is where prioritizing something and then executing is so important because like they like say in the book, even the most co competitive of leaders can be overwhelmed if they, if they try to tackle multiple problems at once. Relax, look around and make a call, which yeah. is their model that Jocko taught them. And this is like, this is so, in, in combat you can see how this is so important, but even in your daily life, how many times are you just like, oh man, I have so many things to do, and then you do yeah. you, you saw this so much in school. All the students were always like, oh man, I'm so busy, I have so many jobs, I have so many work to do, homework, studying for a test, and then they get home and they're going like on YouTube for And they play hours. Fortnite all day, and it's like, oh well. Yeah, and it's like, okay, man, like, I can't do anything, so I might as well not do anything. No, that's wrong. Pick the highest priority target. Maybe for you, that's like, we always go back to the gym example, but whatever. Maybe if you're like you're you're trying to fix your health, so you have like three, you have like you 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 set up your to do list, which is like go to the gym, then like do your mobility routine, and then meal prep or whatever. Like what will be the most important thing in that day? 
Maybe for you, it's just like going to the gym, keeping that habit. So just, even if you don't have the time for all of them, just do one. Yeah. Even if you don't get the other ones, you at least got one. You, you, you stayed on the path on that particular thing. And most times, what will happen, what will happen is that you actually will, by being so efficient on doing things, you'll actually be able to do the other things. So you'll just prioritize the, the number one thing, do it, and then you'll have time for the other thing. And then you'll do it, and then you'll yeah, do but the other you, thing. Like you, you have to put one foot in front of the other. You can be thinking like, oh, I'm going to do yeah, this. Then, just, no, it's like, I'm going to do this. Then we'll fucking see. Because, yeah, like the school example, we all have this. I have this daily, like I have a list of everything I have to do. And there reaches a point where I look at it, I'm like, oh, there are so many things. And it would be very easy for me to just be like, uh, I'm just going to go you YouTube for 10 minutes. And then when I come back, it's going to be all solved, of course, because I didn't do anything about it and things just get fucking solved magically. No, you just look at it and how I do it is I put, oh, I think, what's the highest priority? This one, I put a one next to it. Boom, that's the first thing. Then two, three to the next things. Then you're like, okay, I organize myself, focus only on this thing. Because, yeah, it's... When you feel that overwhelm, and we all feel it, it's very easy to just, you know, shut your brain off and go do something that's pleasurable in the moment. It can be YouTube, it can go be eating ice cream, go watch a Netflix episode. And or all of them at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boom, baby. And yeah, and it's, you have to catch it early. This is one of those things where you can't be just like, mm, let me just pick one, just go. Because yeah. the more you think about it, the more your brain is going to come up with an excuse to not do it. Your brain can be like, this is yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, we should actually take a break now. Let's just go, just one episode. <laughs> and then one episode turns into two, into three, into four, and you did nothing all day. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to go with. If you are someone who, who tends to procrastinate, you are probably also someone who, is, who tends to, to be a perfectionist. So you want to get everything so right that you eventually, the pressure is so much that you just end up procrastinating. Yeah, you do nothing. You don't even want to think about it. So for me, like the, the thing you were saying about making like a, if you're doing a to-do list, putting like the, putting the, the things by order. So number one, two, three. This is so important yep. because most people, even perfectionists, what they don't realize is that when you move the big rocks, you can actually move the smaller rocks. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but you, you don't get to the big, rock, the big rock by first collecting the small rocks. No, you deal with the big rock and then you have space for the, for the small rocks. And I just like, this is the... Taking back to my own experience, this is so true. When I have like the, when I do set up my to-do list, and when there's like that one task, which I know is the most important one, but it's also the one I don't want yeah. to do. And it's usually <laughs> like that because life's funny that way. So, it, like when I know it's that situation, if I try to do the small things first, I will never get to the to the, to the big one. Yep. Just for me, that's that's my experience. That will because I'm oh, sorry to cut like you off, me. but yeah, what happens is yeah. you, you're procrastinating by doing the small things to avoid the big yeah, ones. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then you get like this small sense of accomplishment. They're like, okay, I did this one, so I'll just go Netflix. Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. No, yeah, you move the big rock, and when you move the big rock, first of all, you feel relieved as fuck, and then you'll be like, okay, I did, I did the big thing now. Bring the small things. I can do them. Like I just, I just gone through this, so it's whatever. And then after that, you can watch all the Netflix you want. But at least yeah. you got. That because that, that's, that's also the, the brain tricking you by doing things. Yeah, you kind of wrote on the list, but the, maybe that's the shit, that, the 80% that doesn't really matter right now. The rock, like you said, it's the 20% that matters. Pick that shit up, yeah. take it out of the way, and then, yeah, and then, and then what you'll notice it's is that those small things, maybe, you, maybe then another big rock comes up. And those small things, you can completely get the fuck out of your list because they don't really matter. <laughs> Yeah. So for well, yeah, just, one, one. so I actually just before you go on advice for for this before going on yeah, 
if you're doing a to-do list and you tend to procrastinate like me, do just like like I said previously. Name, put the number next to him in, in their order of importance. So number yeah. one will be the first thing you have to do because it's the most important one. And this will avoid so much procrastination. Just trust me. So plan ahead on this. Don't just do a to-do list and just do it whatever when you, you feel like it. No, plan ahead because most times... You won't be able to complete your to-do list, but as long as you get the most important things, it will still be... Yeah, and before you go on, um, a, a good thing that I noticed works for me is don't do... Imagine, you could do this when you wake up, but I find it's much better if you do it the previous day. Because in the previous day, you're not really yeah. thinking how it's going to feel. You're more clear in your mind, like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, this. If you do it in the day and you you put the, the task you don't like and first, you're like, ah, eh, maybe this is not that important. No, yeah. that's kind of like you playing your brain against itself. If you do the previous day, your brain is like, yeah, this is the most important. It'd be great. And then you wake up, it's like, oh, God, this, I don't want to do this. Maybe not, but and maybe it's a, like, oh, I don't really. I want to do the other ones first, the pleasant ones, the ones that feel like eating ice cream. Yes, let me just. <laughs> no. Yeah, let, let me just to do, to do today. I need <laughs> yeah. ice cream. Yeah, check, <laughs> check, check baby. No, but for example, for, <laughs> Did it, I baby. Know this for some people and for me as well, it can be, there's things that are very pleasurable to do, but and they kind of move things forward, but not really. For example, if it's a new marketing new marketing strategy, it's not. I know the one which works the best. I should put more time into that one. It's not. I, I shouldn't be watching three hours of videos figuring out the next one. That's what I want to do, but it's not the most productive one. So do it the day before because you're going to be more clear in your mind. You're not going to be because it's not an instant thing. The gratification is not going to come immediately. If it's going to come, it's the next day. So yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect. Uh, that's actually a perfect segue into the next chapter I want to talk about, which is called plan. Yep. So the importance of going into things with a plan, and that's why it's so important. Just like you said, because it allows you to detach from emotion. It, the the closer you get to something, just like you were saying, if you do the to do list the night before, you are more detached than if you were to do it on yep. the morning, and that detachment is really important because your brain is a fucking machine at tricking you. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. It's, it's like. Like you said before, we, we talk about this, so I, I, now I think we say it every podcast, but you're always avoiding pain and searching pleasure. Mm -hmm. So detach yourself as most as you can. Go into things with a plan. Make it simple, like we said, but have a plan because when it boils down to it in, in your daily life, if you have no plan, it will get difficult because like, if you're motivated, perfect, you can do things. But if you're not motivated and you don't have a plan, guess what? Your, nat your natural instincts will just take over and it's like, no, nah, I just won't do it today. Yeah. And, but when you have a plan, it's much easier to, to follow it because there's something objective. In, this mo in those moments where you feel unsure and lazy, unmotivated, tired, like it's, very, it's a very emotional state of being. Yeah. So it's kind of subjective. So you have to make something so objective that non nothing can take your mind out of yeah. it. And then for me, this is, I think, a perfect example of this for most people is like gym routines. If you just go into the gym and you don't have a particular <laughs> plan, you just go do whatever you like. Guess what? Like when you don't, when you don't feel like doing anything, you won't do anything. Yeah. Just if you, but you have like a, a specific plan that tells you I have to do this on this particular day, uh, whatever. You even like it's much harder for you to say no because there's something concrete. Your brain can't just bullshit its way out of it. There's something concrete. You at least have to come back home and face that you didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. And that's important. And yeah, it's for me how I think about it is also. For example, I set up the routine the previous day. When I wake up, I know that my, the me that's, or my current state when I wake up is not as good as the state I was when I 
went before I wrote the list. So I, I trust the better version of myself. That's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. the one that just woke up. And to do, because when I wake up, what do I really want to, if I was, you know, left to myself, you know, quote unquote, if my ego just run loose, I'll just wake up, grab my fucking computer, boom, Netflix, grab the phone, yo, pizza, come on. <laughs> That's it. But, but I know that at the end of the day, when I look at the list, everything's crossed. Not only one, do I feel better about myself because I actually did what I set out to do. I also feel like my life has more meaning. There's a purpose. I feel like, you know, I'm sculpting, you know, there's that quote, the, which was it? The man is... Man is the, is the rock and the, maybe you can find it while I'm talking, but yeah, it's, it's like yeah, yeah, you are, you know, building the road that you're walking at that moment. And if you, you, you don't write things, you don't have a goal or a vision where you're going, then it feels like you're just lost in the middle of the ocean and you're just swimming and it feels like it's never going to end. You're just lost there in this, this big, vast ocean. You look around, you see the same thing all around and you don't know. But if you, let's say that same person if you're on a boat and you have a star guiding you then you feel like you have a path you're going somewhere there's land where you're going towards uh, did you find out the quote yeah the quote i think you were talking about is man is both the marble and the skull yeah yeah exactly is that it and there's a great image of this which is the the top half of the the statue is already sculpted yeah, yeah. and the guy's like sculpting the bottom half and it's kind of like that and if you don't have a plan then you're gonna f become a very fucked up sculpture you're going to become a fat sculpture, yeah. so... <laughs> you don't want to be fat. Always going back to fitness. Never be fat. No, but the... Yeah, it's it's really... That's why I, I believe there was like a, a period in, in the self-help industry where motivation was like everything. Feeling good about <laughs> yourself and being motivated was like the the peak performance, what, what you wanted to be. That's not... like mo Fuck motivation. Motivation won't get you to where yeah, you want exactly. to be. It's nice to feel motivated, sure. Everyone, like, when you're motivated, it's easy, but there will be times where you, even if you're the most positive person, you won't, sometimes you just won't be motivated. And guess what gets you through that? Discipline. Yep. There's no other, like, there's no magical solution. You will have to do things and they will feel bad. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Things won't always feel good and you shouldn't be searching, like, so how many people do, do you know? And, for example, in my life, do I know that they're always, like, pushing things away. They're always saying, man, I want to do that. I want to get fit. I want to be healthier, but I'm not motivated. I just, I don't have the motivation. Yeah. And, and guess what? They will never have it because they will never, they've never started. Yeah, exactly. Only when you start, will you, first of all, get motivation and first and second, will you realize that it's not important to be motivated? Yeah. That, that's not what will get you to where you yeah, want Yeah, like that's, that's state of, you know, the state w which you have when you just finish watching it. 15 minute motivational video on YouTube. To be honest, yeah. I don't have that. I don't remember the last time I had that. But because what I have now, it's more disciplined. There's not as much of that like, yeah, bravado fucking energy. But also it's a better type of pleasure. It's more of a long-term type of thing. When I'm doing all these boring things that the last business I did failed, now I do that and I realize it's not as pleasurable, but I know that it's gonna give the result that I want or that I expect. So you kind of find it's more like a long-term, it's like when you eat vegetables, you know, it, they don't taste as good as pizza in the moment, but they have that feeling that they taste better because you know what they're going to bring you in the future. And it's that, that importance of not sacrifice, but they, when it allows you to recognize the, the, the power of uncomfort and 
things not feeling good. So what I mean is like when some like are the hardest things will bring you the biggest uh, pleasures in life yep. in terms of purpose. When you the hardest challenges are the ones that when you get over with them, it's, you're gonna be like them. Yep. I did that. I feel proud in myself and feeling proud in yourself and feeling that you accomplish your purpose is one of the best feelings people will ever have in general. But when you're like saying to yourself, I need that motivation, it's like you denying that, that, that fact that bad things are also the most rewarding ones. Because if you're motivated, things will never be bad. And so, I, I, like, like you were saying about the motivation videos, I used to be the guy <laughs> that like, in order to do anything, I just have to put the, the bam, 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 rainbow, bam. like the, the rainbow speech and whatever. And like, First of all, what would happen? I, I would just fall into a loop of watching the motivation videos. I just spent three hours until I actually got my ass up yeah. to do whatever I wanted to do. So not only was it very ineffective, it was also like kind of addicting. Motivation can also be addicting, yeah. believe it or not. And it's 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 funny now because now, like you were saying, I don't get that a lot. What I guess is a much more. I feel like if I try to explain it to people, it's like darker, but it's a much more like satisfying, art gritty thing, which is like, oh yeah. I feel tired. I don't want to do this. But get what? I'll fucking do it. And then I'll feel better after yeah. it. So when now something is hard, I'm like, huh, bring it. This is going to be better after, the, yeah. after it because it I was hard. Like a a so way I, I would describe topic. it is this now is more like, you know, you climbing a mountain and you get on top. You're like, ah, that's feeling, which is not like this big rush of emotion. But it's like, ah, it's a nice, you know, I did it. As opposed to before, it was like when you, I don't know. If you were, it's it's what I would imagine is like a Wolf of Wall Street party where it's like boom, cocaine, hookers, boom, all all at the yeah. same time. But then you wake up, you're like, oh my god, I hate myself. I I don't like this. And it is that. And there's also a term which I want to address, which goes around a lot, which is delayed gratification. And I don't think that's the correct thing. You're not delaying gratification. You're just finding it in a different place. I feel very gratified when I work. It's not like I'm delaying because when you hear delayed gratification. At least in my brain, it's like you're going to get the same gratification, but later. You're going to get the cocaine and the hookers, but just like one year later, instead of one week later. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, before we go on, just to close it out, I feel like nowadays, you know, before, because people have to start working, you know, earlier. For example, if you hear at least our grandparents and maybe yours, when I don't know, they were like 18, 17, they, they went live alone, they had to start to work because, you know, their parents couldn't sustain them at home. And you'd get this bigger impact of, you know, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it or else I'll die. If I don't go to work, well, I don't need anything tonight. So I have to work. Do I feel like it? Absolutely not, but I'm going to do it anyway. And nowadays it's very easy because, you know, you go to college, you don't pay for it. Then you get a master's, you don't pay for it. And then you start to work, oh, I don't really like, I'm going to go back home with my parents. And then it's, it's like you're, you're never, you're always comfortable, you know, you're like, yeah. And 
you don't we or we don't learn as much as to do things even if you don't like to do them because we're like ah, i don't feel like it okay little team go home and eat some pizza it's okay yeah it gives you like tough skin if you hear any person like that's your grandparents if you still have them or any old person like 60 70 years old it's different it's not they don't it's they're not soft it's like they're they're tough you can you can feel it talking to them because nothing for the most part was handed out to them they had to go and hunt there you go and then and when you learn from a very early age that's what i imagine i, I mean i can also talk from experience because it was a bit like that when you learn that from a young age then number one you don't expect the world to give you anything because you're used to going out and getting what you want and when you fail you take on the responsibility and then yeah just it i feel like it just gives for a better society that's why it pisses me off sometimes when you hear all this oh we should have free college and free everything it's like no you shouldn't maybe <laughs> that's not helpful for anyone Maybe you should actually work for the things you want instead of Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah, like for for example, let's say you start a new job and I don't know, your boss is mean to you. But that's the job you want. You're going to be a little bitch and quit right away? Or are you going to try and figure out a solution to that situation? Nowadays, what I feel like happens is, you know, not to generalize, but more people than ever are just going to quit that job and go back home with their parents. And be like, oh, well, that's it. I can't do it. Mm. Go, go on. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, it was that one. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, and Yeah, and at the end of the day, he had to take a decision because not doing anything would be much worse than any decision he could take. Because then it's, yeah, it, it's always going to be a decision. And by not doing and feeling like, oh, just waiting it out is a decision, it's kind of taking power away from yourself because you're, you're going to be reacting to the situation after that more than you, you need to. And they give the example of this in the business world where, so a woman or a company had two, uh, I think it was like, I don't know, let's just call them ads of uh, software, two that were, you know, always competing with each other, very toxic environment. And at one point, both of them asked for the other one to be fired. So the woman went to Jocko and Jocko told him, told her, you have pretty much these options, fire one, fire the other, fire none, or fire both. She was like, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to wait it out. And what he told her is, waiting out is also a decision. You letting things play out is still making a decision and you're going to have to deal with those consequences. Because what I feel like people do in these cases is, oh, let's just play it out and then it's not your fault. No, it's also your fault because you didn't took the decision you needed to take at the time. Because guess what? Firing one or two, you're, you know, you're taking the risk of if it goes wrong, it's my fault. Maybe I shouldn't have done it, but it's that. And I feel like, you know, we're all so afraid of uncertainty, but Without uncertainty, everything would be so boring. Can you imagine if you knew if you knew everything would be okay? If I do this, then that happens. Well, boohoo! No, it's yeah. And we humans, you know, on the one side we hate uncertainty, but on the other side, it's what makes life worth it. You know, it's when you go traveling and you get that feeling. Ooh, I don't know what's there. It's that exciting for the unknown a bit. It can also be scary, but it can also be exciting. I feel like it's also a lot about how you kind of perceive it in your mind. It's like about the mindset you have towards it. Because, I don't know, at least for me, the, the best things that happened, I probably didn't even plan for them, ever. So it's just like, oh, this happened, and then you take a decision towards what happened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. 
because also you know we we all at some point have this feeling of like oh i'm too comfortable i want to search something new something out there and then when you get there you know it's going to be uncomfortable you expect but then you get there it's like fuck i don't want this even though it was the thing that maybe you were searching for and it's very hard for humans i feel like with experience it gets better in my case it's gotten much better but it's very easy at the beginning to be like oh i'm tired of this go there and you're like oh i don't like this i'm gonna go back because back was better and then you get you come back and you're like oh i don't like this really and then i feel like some some of these things you kind of need to go through them to like really emotionally understand them it's kind of like when the rich person tells the poor person like you know money is not gonna make you happy and then the poor person's like yeah sure buddy and then maybe the poor person gets rich it's like yeah that's true but some some things you need to you know get there to realize it and yeah i feel like we can move on to the last chapter chapter 12. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you didn't have yeah because you, just because you didn't have the discipline to to be free, which is yeah you know it's very it's like what I mean here, but you know I'm <clears throat> sorry I feel like any person who has done this will kind of understand what we're trying to get at here and what Jocko and Leaf were trying to get in the book because it's very easy to fall in that temptation of the idea the perfect world would be you in a beach just sipping water out of a coconut all day. But supposedly that's what quote unquote freedom is. But, you know, first of all, to get to that point requires a lot of discipline, first of all, to, you know, to live that life. And then if you lead that life with a lot of discipline and you get there 
and you let go of all your discipline, then you're fucked. Then most likely you're going to do decisions that's going to bring you back to where you were and then you can't be on the beach with your coconut water anymore. So I feel like a lot of this is also stop romanticizing things so much. Like the world is not, like real life is not like a romantic comedy. There's no music playing in the background. You don't, you're not going to bump into your future wife. You're not going to, you know, just fall into the perfect business because a guy in the subway talked to you like in the movies. No, if you want those things, you're going to have to go out and get them. It's going to take hard work. It's going to be long, long hours. You're going to be alone by yourself. But guess what? That's the real world. So I feel like also the more we, you know, stop watching Instagram so much, stop watching, you know, motivational videos that are <laughs> four seconds between each clip, like the mo- ah, two years of work put into a 10 minute video. The more we get away from that, the more we actually can enjoy real life. Because if your idea of, you know, the ultimate goal for your life is, ah, I want to have like a, a Jay Alvarez, I don't know if you know who he is, like those uh, travel videos, that's the ultimate goal I want is to live that life. Guess what? He doesn't live like that. That's 10 minutes of his life. He also wakes up, he feels like shit. He also goes to the bathroom, he has to work a lot. We all do. If we want to get those things, we all have to do what is required from us. And that is not watching YouTube videos all day. It's not watching Netflix, eating ice cream and dreaming and, you know, meditating that those things into existence. It is a bit, but then it's also most of your day getting after it. And, yep, exactly. Yeah, because, yeah, action, action breeds action. And then you'll, you'll find yourself, you know, better. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah, your life's not going to be a permanent dopamine spike. You're not going <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it, that's part of it. It's you coming to terms with your your human being. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like you pushing more in, in that situation would be that helpful. You're going to, what, meditate more intensely? No, <laughs> that's how it works. And yeah, most things, you, also it comes to ego in a lot of these situations. Because sometimes the, the, best, the best action to take is maybe not more action on that. Maybe if you took a break, you know, now going to the extreme, maybe if you're working 16 hours per day, the best fucking thing you could do is take three days off to, you know, look at the bigger picture. And not be so invested in that. So, you know, it's always going to be a balance. And I feel like for everyone, even the people, you know, you see Tony Robbins, you think big gurus, everyone is trying to figure it out. You have a problem. He also has a problem, just a bigger one. And maybe he's in a quote-unquote better stage in life. But we're all always going to have problems. We're always going to have things we want to achieve. And for me, I can speak for myself. There are things you think you, when you achieve, you're going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be happy for like, I don't know, two hours and you're going to feel exactly the same. Like you still want to achieve something. And if, for me, a lot of fuck, what a lot of life is, it's coming to terms with that. Coming to terms that at the end of the day, you're a human being. You're not no fucking special creature put here to, no, you just, you know, you're smart. You can think, but you're also an animal. You, got, you have impulses to certain things. So it's coming to terms with that. And for me, it's like not romanticizing stuff, just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, and I feel like you know when you come to terms with what it is, then you can really enjoy it for what it is. You know, once you realize, like, oh, I'm not going to be a millionaire in six months. Maybe it's going to take me—I don't know—my whole life, but. I'm so happy in this process, just building this thing. I don't even need to be a millionaire anymore. Boom, <sighs> takes that fucking weight off your shoulders. Now you can enjoy what you're doing. Not to say that you shouldn't have goals or that you sh shouldn't be things at risk, but you need to enjoy things and you need to, a big thing also, come to terms that if you fail, you're gonna figure something out, you know? There's that quote, um, oh fuck, what is it? Um, I'll just improvise something that's similar to it. Wherever life puts in your way, you can deal with it. If it's happening to you and you're not dead, you can deal with it. Whatever it is, you will find a solution. Maybe it's gonna, you're gonna fuck it up even more, but you're gonna deal with it in, a, in some way. So like, because we have all these ideas ahead, like, oh, I'll start this business, what if it doesn't work? <gasps> you fail, you start over again, boom. What's the fucking problem with it? You know, just don't romanticize things so much. Don't, 
you know, I would even recommend stop looking at so many movies and series in Instagram. Just live more. Be more in what you're doing. Don't don't be so focused on what other people are doing, what they're creating. Be more the creator. Be more. Do more things in your life, and then you're. At least for me, that's when I feel more meaning in my life. So when I'm more connected to what I'm doing and less invested in, you know, what the guru is saying I should do and what the guy on YouTube is doing. So you figuring out what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way you can realize this is by doing it and by failing and by learning. There you go. Yep. And with this, we finished the podcast. Thank you very much. If you're still listening up to this point, if you want to follow us for more content, daily content, we post on Instagram on the username paths of meaning. That's P A T H S of meaning daily content, you know, uh, not motivational quotes, it's more like stoic quotes. We write big descriptions. So, you know, if you want daily reminders to keep you on your path, we got you, bro. So with this being said, we finished the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs>